We are shaped by our thoughts. We become what we think. When the mind is pure, joy follows like a shadow that never leaves. In many parts of the world, the 12th of May is a celebration of the birth of the Buddha. Buddha simply means one who is awake. He was born into a very privileged life. Prince Siddhartha was born in Nepal about 2,500 years ago into immense wealth. He was protected from the harsh realities of the world by a family who pretended these things didn't exist. But when Siddhartha realised that they did, at the age of 29, he left the gilded lifestyle in search of meaning. He became a wandering spiritual seeker, living an ascetic life of physical deprivation. He was, in effect, trying to free his spirit by denying the needs of the flesh. This harsh life lasted six years until Siddhartha decided to trust his instincts, nurture his body and turn his attention within. So he sat down under a pipal tree determined not to move until he found the answers he was looking for. He meditated and spent 40 days, like Jesus and Muhammad, being tested. Siddhartha's tormentor was the demon Mara, who encouraged grasping and attachment to worldly pleasures. Siddhartha defeated the demon by reaching down to the earth and up to heaven. So when Mara asked, who bears witness to this life? The earth itself cried out, I bear witness, and Siddhartha became enlightened. Enlightenment is simply lifting the veils of the ego so that we can see the world as it is. Buddha was the first to be enlightened, but he taught that this level of awareness is possible for all of us. The 450 million Buddhists worldwide believe that we end suffering caused by grasping and clinging on to material or egoic things by developing the, dis the discipline to let go of our attachments. We change the world by changing ourselves through meditation and reflection. The qualities of compassion and kindness bring us into relationship with our past lives and the karma, the consequences, good or bad, that they have caused. These core beliefs are known as the Four Noble Truths. The Buddha spent the last 45 years of his life travelling and teaching. Soon after his enlightenment, he had a vision in which he saw the human race as a bed of lotus flowers. Some of the lotuses were still covered in mud, others were emerging from it, yet others were on the point of blooming. In other words, we're all capable of reaching our potential, Sometimes we just need a little time and help to get there. Buddhism is sometimes described as a philosophy rather than a religion, an attitude to life that can be used in any or no spiritual tradition. You are as likely now to see a Buddha as a garden ornament or on a bar as you are in a temple. He is meant to exude peace and harmony, yet he himself only attained grace after a long and personal struggle with his demon. The Buddha is a symbol often chosen in sand play. He represents compassion, kindness and reflection. Have you noticed that many Buddha figures either have one hand up to heaven and one down to the earth, or one hand in the lap and one extended in a peace gesture? Both are about balance between the sacred and the profane. It is when clients are able to find that balance in themselves 
that the Buddhas start to leap off the shelves into the sand tray. He also reminds us that being happy in our own skin comes only after a lot of spiritual practice and is a continual renewing commitment. And for me, he's one of the most human spiritual people. So Buddha Yahanti, happy birthday. Sand play therapy is an effective and proven way of counselling children, young people and adults. In simple terms, the sand play therapist asks the client to choose figures from shelves and put them into a box of sand. This creates a free and protected space in which the client can express feelings, memories and traumatic experiences without needing to talk about them or explain them. Nonverbal therapy is a non-threatening way of working. It makes the sand play process ideal for helping children and other people who find talking difficult. It is a way of accessing the unconscious, but it feels like playing, so sand play is accessible. It is a popular form of therapy in schools and counselling environments all around the world. Teachers and other mental health staff also use it. Most sand play therapists have a counselling or play therapy qualification. In fact, many people like me started off working with adults and were drawn to sand by its creativity. Sand play work can be long or short term. It is a very flexible, person-centred way of working and easily combined with art and talking therapy. My first experience of using sand play was with my first child client after years working with adults. Sean was five years old and had witnessed terrible abuse in his home. He didn't want to talk about it, so I offered sand play as there was a tray in the therapy room. He loved it. For 10 weeks, Sean showed me battles between dinosaurs and Batman crashing cars together. Without telling me about his traumatic experiences, he was showing them to me. Then one day, he came into the room, drew a circle in the sand and said, I don't need to come anymore. His behaviour in class had improved, he was sleeping better and his mother told me she had her baby back. I was intrigued. I had no idea what had happened, but I had to know more about sand play. You can also see remarkable improvements with children in a relatively short time scale and we can teach you the key skills share the research as well as our own stories of working with kids. It was children coming to see talking therapists in London in the 1920s who invented sand play. Margaret Lowenfeld was using play therapy when she realised that children in her waiting room were putting toys into boxes of sand. She could see that the children were telling stories to help them express and process feelings. Lohenfeld also realised she could engage with the child's inner world and get past the frustrations of trying to get small children to talk to her. Lohenfeld called her way of working the world technique. Melanie Klein was also beginning to use play therapy with young clients, though she didn't use sand. The big breakthrough was when Lohenfeld talked about her therapy to a group in the 1930s, which included Carl Jung and Dora Kalf. Jung realised that the children were accessing what he termed the collective unconscious in sand. This is a place where all of our stories, myths and memories are stored. It is the home of what Jung called archetypes, potential energies we can all call on when we need help in our lives. Lohenfeldt's child clients were accessing Jungian archetypes in the sand.
You will sometimes hear the term sand tray therapy. The difference is that sand tray comes from the Gestalt play therapy model. Sand play uses the work of Jung to enable clients to tell their own stories. Sand tray means using sand during a counselling session and is more of a generic term. Being a sand play therapist works well with kids, but it's also been adapted to be used with teenagers and adults. I'm thinking here of young people and adults, especially with autism. It's also being shown to be a great way of working with learning difficulties and dementia. Frankly, sand play is also effective with adults who think too much. I have found that many adult clients try to avoid showing feeling in talking therapy by talking at me. You can't do that in sand. There's a wisdom in that tray and a connection to the therapist that just brings the healing, whether you realise it or not. Our benchmark training is a certificate in integrative sand play. It's five weekends a year and you will learn adaptable techniques to encourage children and adult clients to use sand. We'll also teach the research and theory behind it. Much of the training is about doing trays yourself in a small supportive group. Once you are comfortable using sand in therapy, it becomes easier and more rewarding with clients. Sand play looks spontaneous and free, but there are key skills to it. We can teach you those and introduce Jungian archetypes, object relations theory, and show you how to tailor therapy to different age groups. Many people using sand play work in schools and in private practice. This can be pretty lonely at times. So we will also introduce you to a community of fellow Sandplay therapists. Sandplay is a great way to look after yourself and your clients. Sandplay therapy is an effective and proven way of counselling children, young people and adults. In simple terms, the sandplay therapist asks the client to choose figures from shelves and put them into a box of sand. This creates a free and protected space in which the client can express feelings, memories and traumatic experiences without needing to talk about them or explain them. Nonverbal therapy is a non-threatening way of working. It makes the sandplay process ideal for helping children and other people who find talking difficult. It is a way of accessing the unconscious, but it feels like playing, so sand play is accessible. It is a popular form of therapy in schools and counselling environments all around the world. Teachers and other mental health staff also use it. Most sand play therapists have a counselling or play therapy qualification. In fact, many people like me started off working with adults and were drawn to sand by its creativity. Sand play work can be long or short term. It is a very flexible, person-centred way of working and easily combined with art and talking therapy. My first experience of using sand play was with my first child client after years working with adults. Sean was five years old and had witnessed terrible abuse in his home. He didn't want to talk about it, so I offered sand play as there was a tray in the therapy room. He loved it. For 10 weeks, Sean showed me battles between dinosaurs and Batman crashing cars together. Without telling me about his traumatic experiences, he was showing them to me. Then one day, he came into the room, drew a circle in the sand and said, I don't need to come anymore. His behaviour in class had improved. 
He was sleeping better and his mother told me she had her baby back. I was intrigued. I had no idea what had happened, but I had to know more about sand play. You can also see remarkable improvements with children in a relatively short time scale, and we can teach you the key skills, share the research as well as our own stories of working with kids. It was children coming to see talking therapists in London in the 1920s who invented sand play. Margaret Lowenfeld was using play therapy when she realised that children in her waiting room were putting toys into boxes of sand. She could see that the children were telling stories to help them express and process feelings. Lowenfeld also realised she could engage with the child's inner world and get past the frustrations of trying to get small children to talk to her. Lowenfeld called her way of working the world technique. Melanie Klein was also beginning to use play therapy with young clients, though she didn't use sand. The big breakthrough was when Lowenfeld talked about her therapy to a group in the 1930s, which included Carl Jung and Dora Kalf. Jung realised that the children were accessing what he termed the collective unconscious in sand. This is a place where all of our stories, myths and memories are stored. It is the home of what Jung called archetypes, potential energies we can all call on when we need help in our lives. Lonevelt's child clients were accessing Jungian archetypes in the sand. You will sometimes hear the term sand tray therapy. The difference is that sand tray comes from the gestalt play therapy model. Sand play uses the work of Jung to enable clients to tell their own stories. Sand tray means using sand during a counselling session and is more of a generic term. Being a sand play therapist works well with kids, but it's also been adapted to be used with teenagers and adults. I'm thinking here of young people and adults, especially with autism. It's also being shown to be a great way of working with learning difficulties and dementia. Frankly, sand play is also effective with adults who think too much. I have found that many adult clients try to avoid showing feeling in talking therapy by talking at me. You can't do that in sand. There's a wisdom in that tray and a connection to the therapist that just brings the healing, whether you realise it or not. Our benchmark training is a certificate in integrative sand play. It's five weekends a year and you will learn adaptable techniques to encourage children and adult clients to use sand. We'll also teach the research and theory behind it. Much of the training is about doing trays yourself in a small supportive group. Once you are comfortable using sand in therapy, it becomes easier and more rewarding with clients. Sand play looks spontaneous and free, but there are key skills to it. We can teach you those and introduce Jungian archetypes, object relations theory, and show you how to tailor therapy to different age groups. Many people using sand play work in schools and in private practice. This can be pretty lonely at times. So we will also introduce you to a community of fellow sand play therapists. Sand play is a great way to look after yourself and your clients.